and welcome to the Speaking For Him podcast on this Friday. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program here, Mr. Andrew Gommerson. Hello, Adam. It's the last Friday of October, and that means that we are going to the Speaking For Him roundtable. And just a quick programming note before we get started, we will be taking two months off of the Speaking For Him roundtable so that we can bring you some special holiday-oriented programming. All right. So I can't believe we're saying the word holiday already. <laughs> I know. We are. I feel like I was just so, wearing flip-flops yesterday, you know, with the weather and stuff. It's crazy. So here we go. I'm very excited about getting into our main topic today. But first, let's go with our quote of the day. All right. And our quote of the day here comes from Mr. Max Lucado. He says, God created marriage and no government subcommittee envisioned it. No social organization developed it. Marriage was conceived and born in the mind of God. All right, and I really like that. I think it was a, it's a clear, concise statement. No big words, no vocabulary that you have to look up. Just right out there in plain English. One of the things I like about Max, and I'm very excited. I think it's very applicable to what we're going to discuss today uh, because our topic is success in marriage. Um, did you have any thoughts before we move on, Adam? I got to be honest with our guests here today. I think I'm just going to listen because <laughs> I don't know how much advice I could give on marriage being single. All right. Well, you may have questions, though, right? Yes, I will be taking notes and writing down many questions. All right. Well, we're going to move into our main segment then, and I'm very pleased um, to be talking about success in marriage with my parents, Michael and Deborah Gomison, and some good family friends that have known me most of my life, uh, Frank and Jane Nibbling. My, my parents celebrated 35 years of marriage this past April and Frank and Jane are close to celebrating um, their 50th they're celebrating their 50th anniversary this year so I'm very pleased to have them all here in the studio and we're going to try to make this mic situation work and give you a good quality audio experience so welcome guys hello hello, hello. All right, well, let's get started here uh, with our first question. Um, I'd like to get a brief statement from each of the four of you, how you came to know Jesus Christ in a personal way. So let's start with my parents, and then we'll move on to Frank and Jane. Well, I grew up in a Christian home, and I went to church all the time, and when I was about just over six years old, because my brother was an infant. Um, I had disobeyed and done something wrong, and my mother confronted me that that was sin, and that because I had sin in my heart, I had to accept Christ as my Savior in order to go to heaven, and so I did. And I was baptized a year or so later, and I've just... Uh, I love the Lord, and I want to serve him and raise my children to love him as well. And I I was also raised in a Christian home, so to speak. My uh, father passed away when I was four and a half, and it was shortly after that. My mom and family devotions shared about the gospel once more time, and the Lord put it on my heart to ask Jesus into my heart, knowing someday I would get to see my father again. So. And I wasn't baptized until years later, but uh, until I was 14, 
But that was a very important step to take to follow the Lord. And I'm Frank, and uh, I also, of course, was brought up in a Christian home, had uh, Bible teaching in school and church, and especially at home. Uh, my mother especially uh, took a lot of time to explain things to us. And um, I guess there was just an awareness always. I can remember at very early ages when I did something wrong, uh, feeling guilt and knowing that God knew what was going on. Uh, the thing that stood out to me was that he even sees you in the darkest closet, and so you can't get away from him. And so I uh, accepted the Lord as my Savior and uh, professed him as my Lord and Savior publicly when I was a teenager. Yeah, this is Jane. Um, I as well grew up in a Christian home, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons that uh, Frank and I had a firm foundation for our marriage. My father was a very good example of um, being committed to marriage, but also being committed to his wife, of respecting her, and uh, being there for her. He also um, just walked the walk as far as um, if a job, uh, after he left the farm, we grew up on a farm, um, if a job interfered with family time in the evenings or uh, weekends, even if it was a better pay, he would turn the job down. And uh, I, I think that firm foundation is very important. All right, well, I, I thank you for that. I asked that question in the beginning because I really think that a relationship with Jesus Christ is the foundation of success in any area, and specifically in, in the area of marriage because it is a picture of the relationship between Christ and his church. So now we have a fun question. Why don't you ask the next one, Adam? All right, here we go. This will be a fun one here to take down some notes on. How did you guys all meet each other as a couple? Well, we met, this is uh, Andrew's dad again, Mike. <clears throat> we were uh, high school sweethearts. We actually met uh, because we had two great Christian teachers that actually uh, hosted a Thursday at noon Bible study that we had at a public school, believe it or not. Oh, wow, okay. And uh, one day I just happened to look across and notice her and thought, yeah, you know, she'd be a good one to hit on. No. <laughs> <laughs> and a Bible study too. That's and good. Then, but she she uh, actually took the first step because we, uh, my wife, my mom, and I, my youth group had went and saw the thief in the night, and I missed it. But it was being shown at her church, uh, across town or from where we were, and so my mom and I went, and then she invited me to a sixteen and a half birthday party. So that was the All right. of our, our time together. <clears throat> Well, the way Jane and I met, um, I had gone to a church in a different town with my cousin, uh, a town that he lived in, as well as she, um, but I didn't know her at that time, and uh, was introduced to her um, through her cousin, actually, another guy that I knew, and uh, we just stayed together from then on. Very good. Well, thank you guys for sharing that. That's awesome. All right, well, that's, that's the perfect lead-in to my next question, and that is how, did you, how soon after you guys met did you know that 
you were with the one that you were going to spend the rest of your life with. Well, I, for one thing, um, my dad really liked him and told me that when he met him for the first time. So, um, but when he gave me his class ring, I wasn't sure if I was going to keep it, but I decided if I kept it, this was the guy I was going to marry. So that was just kind of, and I, you know, it was about a month after our first official date, and I just knew this was the guy that God meant me to be with for the rest of my life. Very good. All right. Next couple. (laughs) All right. It was a little different for Frank and I. Um, I was only 16 when we met, and um, my parents were moving. My parents were moving to Michigan from Iowa um, in the middle of my, or made the decision to move to Michigan from Iowa in the middle of my senior year. And Frank and I had been dating about a year at that time, and I had kept telling him I was too young. And, uh, but then my parents went off to Michigan with my siblings and he went off to the Air National Guard basic training. And by the time he came back, it was the end of my senior year and I had to make a decision as to whether or not it was, we were gonna stay together or break up. And I think I did the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. And God, God has a way of working those things out, and I'm so glad that he did that because I have benefited from both of you wonderful people. Um, I I call them Uncle Frank and Aunt Jane, and they've truly been that to me, and I appreciate it. Um, So uh, this is another question kind of along the same lines, but what's the first thing about your spouse that drew you to them? And any one of you can start out this answering this question but i'd like to hear from all four of you okay well i'd like to start because the uh in my life i had come off a relationship probably for a two-year relationship with a roman catholic girl that uh i was trying to win to the lord so to speak and uh, it was devastating when we broke up but i what i loved about deborah that attracted me to her was the fact that she really loved the lord and i could see it in the way she carried the, her Bible and, you know, attended the Bible study and just the way she was, that was just the way I saw her and the way she even dressed and everything attracted me to her. And I was attracted to my husband because I saw that he was a person that really wanted to serve the Lord and that even if he was struggling, that he did not take his eyes off of off of his Savior. And he... He loved me. I always felt like, you know, you, you know, the guy you marry shouldn't be somebody that that just likes you or tolerates you, but that they need to love you. And he really did and showed it from the beginning. It does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the attraction to me is that she was a really sweet girl and... Um, it was in the summertime, so there was uh, less opportunities to ask different girls out. So I thought, I'd <laughs> thought I might as well stay with her a little while. And uh, after a couple months or so, I realized that you know, this was really worth it. And uh, fell in love with her. That's about it. 
Yeah, I think what attracted me to Frank was uh, not only was he very respectful of me, and I would say that not all the young men in my circle or community uh, had that same regard, and if they did, I didn't know it. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he also was such a man, he was a man of integrity. What he said was real, and and I really came to um, feel good about that, so that I, it wasn't like I didn't know where I was at. There was a lot of concern and care there. You know, I, I'm very encouraged when I when I hear you talk because sometimes, in my personal experience, it feels like the girls want the dangerous guys, the bad guys. But I, I think it's very encouraging to me to know that maintaining my integrity is one of the most important things that I can do if I want to attract the right girl. So I appreciate that encouragement. Um, what's the best thing, and again, I'd like to hear from all four of you, what would you say is the best thing about marriage? Well, we talked about this a, a, a couple days ago, and we both said the same thing. The best thing about marriage is knowing that there's somebody there who's who loves you and who cares about you no matter what. They've seen you at your best and they've seen you at your worst and they're just there for you to support you and encourage you. Well, I think the, uh, you know, God made a point that it was not good for man to be alone and he made Eve to complete him. And uh, I always like that statement that Rocky makes about Adrian way back when in the probably the first movie. He says, why do you like uh, Adrian? He goes, I got gaps. She's got gaps. We fill each other's gaps. And uh, I think that's so true to be able to come home after a work day or whatever else or whoever's, uh, <clears throat> you know, crossed you or whatever. You can come home to someone that will be on your side and be able to share your frustrations and also your joys and loves and all those things. Yeah, mine is somewhat similar. It's... Uh the opportunity to be unconditionally loved and the opportunity to love someone unconditionally and uh, the joy of the companionship and the sharing of our lives um, the you know as we look at life together and um, the way we see God and all the things about him uh, I would say are similar of course And so it's just wonderful to be able to share your life that way. Okay, and I would say, uh, along with those thoughts, also that for Frank and I, as we're approaching our 50th wedding anniversary, it's actually kind of hard to believe, but um, we've been through hard times. We've been through good times. But the benefits of staying together and enjoying our kids and our grandkids is just a tremendous blessing. And I'm really thankful. Well, I, I appreciate the candor and the honesty and the emotion. It's uh, great to be here with people that care so much about marriage because God certainly does. And you guys have been great examples of that. So now we have to turn the corner. <laughs> And I want to ask this question. Um, 
honestly, as someone that's, that's looking forward to hopefully experiencing this, what's the hardest thing that you've experienced about marriage? Well, definitely um, being with another person for 24-7 sometimes. Um, you know, when my kids, they don't get along e- with each other. And I say, but you have to learn to get along with your sibling because God's preparing you for marriage. You have to be able to get along with people. And you and your sibling come from similar backgrounds. You're going to marry somebody who's different. And if you think they're different, you don't know different. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you come from different backgrounds. You have different different, uh, traditions and different ideas about things. And, you know, one's a guy and one's a gal and you don't think the same way. And so there are differences. There are hard things to get through because you don't see things the same way. But. It's all worth it in the end. So that's the hardest thing. The hardest thing is yourself because as sin with a capital I is in the middle and as Satan was, I am, I am, I want, I will, I will. And uh, so the hardest thing about uh, marriage is to realize that you have to put yourself aside and love the other person. And follow Christ's example where he, he came to serve and uh not to be served and that's the hardest thing is to put another person's uh wishes and wants and desires ahead of yours yeah i would say um accepting and recognizing our differences that's about all i have done okay (laughs) that's a good word yeah and one thing i thought of because i've been listening to quite a bit of music uh with our approaching anniversary And there's a song by Henry and Hazel Slaughter, which I really never thought of as having anything to do with marriage. But the title is, I Don't Need to Understand. (laughs) And um, I'm a person who always wanted everything explained to me in detail. I wanted to know what, when, why, and where did that thought come from, or did you do that? And um, sometimes that led to quite a bit of frustration and hurt on my part. And so just knowing that I don't always need to understand, I just needed to lean on the Lord at those times, that was very helpful to me. Okay, now these next two questions, I don't think I worded them the best, so I'm just going to ask them this way. Um, as, As we move along, I just wanted to know if you had any good advice for married or soon to be married couples, and if there's one thing that you would do differently than you've done it. Please share it so that we can learn from what you have experienced. Well, my advice is absolute commitment no matter what happens because there's going to be times, you know, there's the warm, fuzzy times where romance is at its peak. Like when you get married right in your wedding day, but as Frank said, we need to love unconditionally, and that means through times when you don't like the other person very well at the moment. And uh, so you need to just to have a firm resolve, no matter what happens, that you're going to stay married. And the key, and what I would do differently, is the third strand, and that's Jesus Christ. 
spend more and more time with him. The more you spend with Jesus Christ, the more you will be able to be the man of God that you need to be for your wife. A short time ago, one of our kids posted something on Facebook, and it said, I didn't love my wife when I got married. And talked about how, you know, when they got married, they were they thought they were so much in love. But eventually you realize that love isn't the isn't just the feel giddy times. It's the changing dirty diapers and the helping with the dishes and doing laundry and all the all the work that you do to help each other. And that's where the love is. That's where the commitment is. It's not when it's just fun. It's and we, I think that we do a disservice to our kids in encouraging them to to date and have fun, and that when they get married, it's all over, you know. So I think that that's you know you got to just realize that love is in the nitty gritty. It's not just in <coughs> fun and the euphoric feeling. Yeah. Um... The best advice, I would say, take seriously the commitment you've made to your spouse and to God. First, it's your promise to God, really, and uh, then to your spouse. Um, also, you have to learn to forgive, um, listen, and uh, actually hear what your spouse uh, is saying, recognize their needs, and but... Uh, you know, you have to put God first in your life together. And what would I do differently? Uh, it's kind of repetitive. Uh, probably be more accepting and supportive of Jane's interests and the different recognize the differences in our personalities. Yeah, and I would just add to that. It's um, For me, I, sh- uh, I think being more patient, just learning patience is extremely important in marriage. Um, Everything isn't urgent in life. In fact, most things are not. Uh, we need to think them through and be contemplative and, and uh, make uh, rational decisions, not rash decisions. All right. Well, this is great content, and I don't want to cut anything off and miss anything. So I think for the first time in the history of the Speaking Firm podcast, we are going to have a two-part podcast. So we'll close up this one. And we'll we'll start another one and finish up these questions. Thank you very much for being with me, Mom and Dad and, and Jane and Frank. And we will see you next week on the Speaking for Him podcast where we will have the continuation of these questions along with our resource of the day. So stay tuned. Join us next Friday. And we will see you again on the Speaking for Him podcast. Until then, keep serving the best of masters.